Good afternoon, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen coming to you today, right around the three o'clock hour on Good Friday. And I know that as many of us watch this program from many parts of the world, I understand that for some of you, it's not even Friday anymore. You're already on Saturday and you're 12 hours ahead. Uh, but others, I know also it's still Friday. And for some of you, it's still in the morning. I know that we have online church members and ministry partners in Hawaii. And so, uh, you know, it's still right around 10 o'clock in the morning. But wherever you're at in the world, I want you to understand something. Even if it's on Saturday or Sunday, I want you to understand something very supernatural about Good Friday, that even if it's not the the Good Friday that Christ died. In other words, like just if it's just like another normal Friday, I want you to understand something from today's message that you can apply to every Friday of your life from this moment onward. Praise God. And I think it'll really, really bless you. Now let's go to, to the gospel of Mark chapter 15 and meet me in verse 24. Heavenly Father, we ask in prayer that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures so that we can understand them. We ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be flowing during this message. We thank you for the oil of heaven illuminating our understanding. Thank you for the Holy Spirit helping us to catch it and work it for your glory in Jesus' name. We all agree around God's great, big, beautiful earth and say amen. Now, Mark 15, verse 24. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now, I know there are some who think that Jesus was poor. To a certain degree, we could say yes to that from the perspective that he left heaven. And when you look at where he left, and I mean, it's just amazing. This is Jesus, the second person of the Godhead. This is Jesus, the Son of the Father, leaving heaven and coming to the earth, taking on humanity. He didn't lay down his deity. He's still God. He just laid down that power ability and yielded himself to God and operated as a man, reliant upon the Holy Spirit. Still 100% God, a great mystery, still 100% man. Praise the Lord. Now, I think today's message would focus more on his humanity. But you would see that still, while he was on the earth, although he has left, you know, as the psalmist said, out of the ivory palaces, he came. Uh, but, you know, with, with streets that are made, not just paved with gold, they're made of gold. They're not gold plated. They're solid gold streets and beauty and splendor and opulence and wealth beyond human ability to comprehend. Jesus left that and came to the earth. So in some senses, you could say that he was poor primarily because of where he came from. But don't think for a moment that he was a beggar. I, I, I know some Christians, they actually think that Jesus was like a hobo, a tramp, walking around hoping that somebody would give him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because he's hungry, and he's sending out the twelve to beg for food. Oh, it was nothing like that at all. Jesus was walking in the covenant. He knew the covenant. He knew 
that provision was in the covenant and Jesus had consistently 24 7 he had all needs met not just for himself but his entire apostolic and ministry team wow so uh, we know just from the scriptures that Jesus had a treasurer I've never in my life met a homeless man with a treasurer I've never talked to a guy living beneath the bridge who has a full-time treasurer that he's employing and paying that person's salary. So there's no way that the Lord could have been poor. And here is another indicator from Scripture, and there's many, that obviously he wasn't poor because they're actually gambling over his clothing. That would be that outer garment, which, which, was, uh, which was a one-piece garment. So it was very expensive. And uh, to the point, yeah, they're, they're trying to find out who's going to get it because they, all of the guards wanted it. So Jesus... Jesus was not poor. We, we cannot buy into that because to be poor meant that the curse was working in your life. And so he wasn't poor. He was walking in the blessing of the Lord, and his ministry was fully funded, was provided by the Lord's blessing. And Luke chapter 8, verse 3 tells you some of his primary donors, primarily they were women and also others that contributed greatly. And it said there were many others, besides just the ladies that are mentioned, many others. How, is, how many is many? Could have been hundreds. Uh, I would probably think it was thousands of people that contributed to his ministry because he was so effective at what he did that support was just pouring in. Praise God. Verse 25, now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. So nine o'clock in the morning on a Friday, and today it's Friday, today is Good Friday, but this message is not just for, you know, once a year. I want you to grab something out of this today that I've got for you that will be for every Friday of every week of every year. Now it was the third hour, nine o'clock in the morning, and they crucified him. Okay, so crucifixion is the most agonizing death, and it's not instantaneous. Uh, it's drawn out. And there have been stories of some people that were crucified, you know, because you have to understand the Romans crucified thousands of people. <laughs> uh, but this, this man's very different. He is the only person who has never sinned. So he's going to the cross, he's going to the crucifixion as a person who is able to make atonement for our sins because he is a sinless sacrifice. Okay, now, nine o'clock in the morning, Right around that time, of course, they didn't have, you know, atomic clocks like we have. They didn't have the ability to get it exactly to the very second, but it was right around 9 o'clock in the morning when the crucifixion began. That's when they nailed him to the rugged cross. Verse 33, now when the sixth hour, okay, so now we're at 12 o'clock noon. We're right around, you know, the traditional lunchtime for most people. So it's 12 o'clock noon. Now when the sixth hour, 12 o'clock, had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. So we have a three-hour almost blackout. And I'm sure you could still see, but you couldn't see very well because it got so dark amazing. There's a lot going on, not just in the natural with all of this, but of course in the spiritual, because Satan, he came in with every, think of it like this, every demon wanted to be there. 
they, they thought this was going to be like a victory moment. This was the thing that Satan so wanted. And so demons, those that can fly, not all demons can move like that. Not all evil spirits have that ability. Some are in certain areas and they, they had literally, they have to walk. But those that could get there to Israel to see this, they wanted to be there. And so there were probably a lot of areas of the world where people, just normal people, probably thought, wow, sure seems like today is a lot easier day. Well, I'm sure it was because most of the demons had left. They wanted to go to Israel. They wanted to go to Jerusalem for the big party, this big event where the enemy actually thinks he's going to win. Kind of reminds me of World War II, where missionaries in Africa said, uh, well, actually, one uh, one missionary actually just blurted out, where have all the demons gone? <laughs> that, that's because most of the evil forces, demons, dark powers, not all of them, of course, because remember, some can't fly. So there's always going to be some left that, you know, they're more, you know, bound by walking or whatever. Uh, but others, the majority, they had gone to Europe to aid and try to support Hitler and get behind the satanic regime that was operating that, you know, here's Satan trying to work through this man, trying to take over the world. And so there was a great gathering and that in the spirit realm, this great cloud of darkness does affect the natural realm where there's darkness. But we know also in a sense, there was like an eclipse. So it's natural, but it's also spiritual, both taking place. This was darkness you could feel. You could feel, and if, you, if you've ever been around evil, you can feel it. You can, you can sense that. And so there's a great gathering of darkness here to watch this. Now, when the sixth hour, 12 o'clock, had come, there was darkness over the whole land until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, so verse 34, and at the ninth hour, that's 3 o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, we know the reason for the father forsaking the son was because for the first time in the life of Jesus, having unbroken union with his father for the first time, that has been severed and broken. Why? Because he has now become the sin bearer and because our sins and the sins of the whole world at that time, previous time, and even later, because remember we're, we're 2000 years after this great act, all of those sins at one moment in time in history were placed upon Christ. And that is when the separation took place and, and Jesus cries out as the sin bearer, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because of the sin because of the sin. But Jesus has now, through His death, burial, and resurrection, He has now made a bridge back to God, where lost humanity can cross the bridge and get back to God. And He is that bridge. He is the only way. There is no other way. Jesus is the only way to right relationship with God. Praise God. All right, so this took place on a Friday, and His actual death took place at three o'clock. Okay, now, verse 37, and Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Okay, of course, many miraculous events 
were associated with the death of Jesus. Fascinating. It's just absolutely fascinating things. Graves opened. People got up out of graves, began to walk around, began to walk through the city of Jerusalem. I mean, a giant earthquake. There was stuff going on. It, it was absolutely phenomenal. The greatest event ever in the history of the world. Wow, phenomenal. Okay, it happened today, and as I'm ministering this message to you, it happened right during this exact, right around this exact moment in time, because I'm coming to you just a little bit after 3 o'clock. As soon as I complete this message, I'm, I'm uploading it so you can watch it regardless of what time it is. But you have to understand, this is a very significant moment in time. Not just on that Friday, 2,000 years ago, but today, on this Friday, yes, because this is the Good Friday, this is the Passover lamb that was slain. We're celebrating today because this is when it happened. But remember, every Friday, there is a way that you can connect into this anointing. Praise God. Now, John chapter 19, we need to find out what Jesus said just before he died. Just before he breathed his last, we need to find out what he spoke. It's very important. John chapter 19, verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. Some translations say it is accomplished. Same thing. It is, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Now, from John's perspective, that's the last thing that was spoken. But Luke records that one more thing was said, and it, and it makes sense. It actually harmonizes. They're not contradicting each other. They're, they are just seeing it, and they are recording it from their perspective. But I need you to understand that the statement, it is finished, is phenomenal. There were so many prophecies in the Old Covenant about the coming Messiah, the Mashiach, and what he would accomplish, and what he would do, and so the, these these scriptures were stacked up by the hundreds. You know, these things had to happen in order for everything to be fulfilled. And well, the Lord knows that because he was well skilled from a child in all of what we would call the Old Testament scriptures, and he could read about himself all the things that he was going to do. So as he went throughout his life and he went throughout his ministry, all of those prophecies, they're getting checked off. They're getting checked off. You know, even when he was a baby, uh, my son will be called out of Egypt. Well, his parents took him to Egypt to escape the persecution uh, by Herod, uh, the slaughter of the innocents that was taking place there in the, re- in the area of Bethlehem and so forth, uh, South Judea. And so he was taken to Egypt. And so on and on, all of these prophecies, he will be called a Nazarene. Well, that, uh, that was fulfilled. He, his parents later took him to Nazareth. And so all of these prophecies that had to be accomplished, they're getting checked off one by one by one by one. And there were so many of them that it's phenomenal. And Jesus, while he's there on that cross, is still fulfilling the last and final ones. And when that's done, he can't die until it's all done. But when the last one was done, he knew it. He knew it, and he wraps it all up, and he says, it is finished. What? Everything spoken that he would do. Everything that he was assigned by God to do, he did it. All of it. Woo! Right down to the last one. Woo! Glory to God. My friends, what are we looking at? You're looking at the ultimate finisher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. You are looking at the ultimate finisher. You want somebody to get it done? 
Look at Jesus. You, you want a role model for somebody who says they're going to do something and they get it done? Look at Jesus, because he had, he had a list, literally, as we would say, a mile long, and every single thing he got accomplished, every prophecy spoken, he got it done. Not one, not one was not done. He got every single one done, so it is an amazing accomplishment. Now, let's go to the Gospel of Luke turn back just for a moment, Luke chapter 23, this would be verse 46, and this is actually the very last final thing He said, right after He said, it is finished. In other words, it's all wrapped up, and then this is the final word that He spoke. Verse 46, and when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, He said, Father, into Your hands I commit My Spirit. Having said this, He breathed His last. Okay, so He said, it is finished, in other words, it's all done. I can leave. <laughs> Woo! May you never leave. May you never check out before your time is done and before you get everything done that God has called you to do. Pastor Stephen, we're in the end times. We're all going to die from coronavirus. No, you're not dying from anything until your time's up. You're not going anywhere until your time is up. You ain't going anywhere until everything that God said will be performed in your life is accomplished. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're going to be just like Jesus. You're going to get it done. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So he died at three o'clock. Praise God. Now, you need to understand that Jesus fulfilled His assignment, and by His grace, and with the help of His angels, He is going to empower you to get your assignment accomplished also. It may have to be expedited, and it most likely will be, but you're going to get your assignment finished. And your assignment is that of a specialist. You cannot do everything under the sun and think, I can still get my primary thing done. You can't. You have to stay on task. You have to stay on your assignment, not your brother's assignment, not your brother-in-law's assignment, not your best friend's assignment. You have to stay on your assignment that God has given you. You are a specialist in the body of Christ. We all have unique abilities, unique anointings. You need to not try to do what somebody else is doing if God has not called you to do that. Mm -mm. It is true. It is true that one of the hardest things to do is to stay focused. You can get all excited and say, Lord, I'm in. I'm dialed in. And, and three days later, be like, you know, this is getting boring. I think I'll do over, I think I'll reach over here and do this instead. It is very challenging to stay focused, but you have got to stay on your God given assignment. There can be times you have those low moments where you feel like nothing is really, in a sense, moving, but we also know. You know, these promises are accomplished through faith and patience. We understand it's not going to be an overnight thing. But at the same time, there can be those um, moments where you just, you just drift. I'm here to say today, get back on task. Get back on task. Because today we look at Christ, the greatest finisher of all time. And my friends, He is going to help you through the anointing and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, through great miracles being wrought in your life, you also are going to finish all that God has called you to do. And your focus, while being difficult, 
your focus is essential. You have got to stay focused on what God has given you as your assignment in life. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, when the time comes for you to leave this earth, will it be said of you, or let's, let's say it like this, will you be able to say, it is finished, I did it, what God had assigned me to do, my life purpose has been accomplished, or would you <laughs> be a person that would say, uh, we got half of it done. But that's not, that's not the way the finish is. That's actually not finishing. What if somebody said, well, uh, I, I not only finished, but uh, I, I didn't really even get started. Well, that's not, that's not good either. We want to be people that get it accomplished. Now, here's, here's how you can stay plugged in. Here's, here's a secret. Every Friday, not just on Good Friday, but every Friday at 3 o'clock p.m., it's a good time to stop wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, and to recognize this was the moment that Jesus died for you. This was the epic moment where Jesus laid. Now, we know he did it for the whole world, but still, it comes down to us personally, doesn't it? This is the moment that Jesus died for you. And it's always good if you can. And I'm sure there's always some way that you can. At 3 o'clock every Friday, you may even want to set your watch, okay? Set your watch at 3 o'clock every Friday. Stop just for a moment and say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. And acknowledge this. Acknowledge. Jesus, you are the greatest finisher of all time. Help me by your mercy and by your grace to finish the assignment that you have given me. And tell him this. Say, Jesus, time is short. Lord Jesus, help me by your mercy to get this done. And he will, and he's going to. By the way, speaking of mercy, many of you have heard of the beloved Saint Faustina. Now, she was a Polish saint in the Roman Catholic Church. She would be more what you know, we would describe as a mystic. Uh, and when I say mystic, really what we're talking about is a woman that had a very deep walk with God who was a prophet. Okay. And so she lived from the ages of 1905 and she died in 1938, lived to be 33 years. And, and in many ways they say her life was very uh, much a prophetic image of the Lord in many, in many ways. So she's in heaven now, but she accomplished so much in such a short period of time and the Lord, in the latter part of her life, began to appear to her in visions, and she recorded them and wrote them all down in a diary. And the diary has become world famous. And, you know, I've traveled to many places of the world, and, you know, one of the things that the Lord told uh, Faustina was to uh, have a picture made, the Lord said, of my image of the ray of mercy coming out of my heart, my mercy in love for men, for mankind, and uh, and just you know let that picture it'll be it'll be spread around the world. So she had it drawn uh, by a famous 
artist and uh, she explained to the artist exactly how it was supposed to look and I've been to some of the most remote places of the earth and I've seen that picture <laughs> as the, that image of the Lord has drawn many people to him really this young woman this young lady was what we would call an apostle an apostle in the Greek in its basic form from the New Testament basically means a sent one but an apostle is not somebody that's just sent although that's very important that you're sent by God. See, you can't send yourself. If you send yourself, you're not an apostle in the eyes of God. Only God can anoint and commission and send by the power of His Spirit somebody as an apostle. So it's somebody sent by God with particularly a special message. Kenneth Hagin, no question, was an apostle of faith. Smith Wigglesworth was an apostle of faith. Dr. D.G.S. Dinakaran, an apostle of love. This dear woman, St. Faustina, an apostle of mercy. And her, her writings on the subject of mercy are some of the richest in the body of Christ, praise God. But the Lord Jesus told her that there are special blessings that are available to be received from Him every Friday. Watch this, not just on Good Friday which is what today is. But on every Friday at 3 o'clock p.m. there are special graces that He releases to those who are aware of that sacred moment. Now, this is what she said the Lord told her in a vision. At 3 o'clock every Friday, immerse yourself in prayer. Okay, let me say that again. Immerse yourself in prayer. There, where you happen to be, if only for a brief instant. In other words, he explained to her that you may not be able to stop and, and worship me. You may be busy, maybe in a location or a place where it's not possible to, you know, pull aside for a few moments. But if you can, right where you're at, regardless of what you're doing, take a moment, even if it's just a short pause and break, every Friday at 3 o'clock, and thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His goodness. And ask the Lord to save sinners, perhaps sinners that you would know. Jesus, save them. Lord, reach them through Your mercy. Not that they deserve to be saved. None of us deserve to be saved. But Lord Jesus, reach those who need You so desperately. And Lord Jesus, now watch this. Ask the Lord to do this for you. Say, Lord Jesus, You are the greatest finisher of all time. Jesus, the last words you spoke were, it is finished. So just say this to him. Say, Lord, make me a finisher like you. Everything you've called me to do, help me to get it done. And what will happen? That mercy will flow into your life. And you will be refreshed. You will be, as the Apostle Paul said, energized, strengthened. That's a spiritual power. That is a supernatural power that comes into you that you just keep on going. It's the energy of God flowing into you by the Holy Spirit. And I would like for you just to be aware of that, that every Friday, not just on Good Friday, because that's only once a year, where Jesus was crucified and when He died. He died at 3 o'clock. Okay. But at every Friday at 3 o'clock, just say, Jesus, strengthen me with Your mercy. Let Your mercy flow into my life. Lord Jesus, let the lost be saved. Jesus, these, and, and name the individuals. These individuals don't know you. Or maybe there's nations that are locked down, such as North Korea. Lord Jesus, by your mercy, break into North Korea. Save many. 
save many in these persecuted countries such as Iran and other places. Lord Jesus, let your mercy be poured out upon America. Lord, let another spiritual awakening take place. Praise God. And Lord Jesus, make me a finisher. Now, you can do that in one minute. Praise God. You can do that in one minute. If you have a little more time, give him a little more time. He knows you're busy, but that just honors the greatest sacrifice ever that was made in the history of the world, Christ dying for us on the cross. Praise God. So this is very, very important. Praise God. This is very beautiful. My friends, I want to share something with you that I I would call a Good Friday blessing. And like I said, I know some of you, you're watching in other countries, you're on Saturday, maybe you're already even on Sunday. But here's something that I would like to share for you because God is going to speed things up for you. Some of you, you're running, you feel like you're running a little bit behind. I would, I would actually say that you're probably, even if you think you're off, you're not off too much. And uh, some of you, you're right on pace, but some of those of you, you need a little extra help. Not a problem for the Lord. Not a problem for the Lord. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you you don't know my age. Well, I would say you don't know how fast God can work. He he can really make up for lost time, and he can do it real real quick. So here's a scripture for you. This is from Psalm sixty-seven. Psalm sixty-seven. Let's go to verse six. God sets the solitary in families. What does that mean, Pastor Stephen? That means you can have a large family, brothers, sisters, mother, father, but for some reason, God called you. God called you. You get saved, and they may not understand that. They may mock you or make fun of all of that. But then, you know, 10 years later, you know, God starts picking them off. Because of your walk with him, he starts reaching out, and it might be at the last moment, but he saves your mom, saves your dad, and then before you know it, you know, slowly but surely, starts reaching into the siblings, they get saved, and who knows, it can go further, or aunts, uncles, they get saved, cousins start getting saved, because God sets the solitary, and he uses that one. And then you have other scenarios like myself, as a solitary in the family where, you know, everybody in my family at least knew Christ as Lord and Savior, but I was the one, God chose me to be the one, as you would maybe call the black sheep in the family, the least one that anybody would expect, that God called me to be a minister, the least likely to be called, and not only that, to be a Spirit-filled minister, walking in the power of the Spirit, not only believing in modern-day miracles, but operating in modern-day miracles. Why? God chose me as a solitary one in the family to be one that is proof, really, in many ways, that God chooses the foolish things of the world. Because there's a lot of smart people in my family with higher degrees and brilliant minds and uh, uh, even genius minds. But God chose me out of my family and uh, to be a preacher of the gospel. Hallelujah. And God has his hand on your life too. Maybe, maybe as a solitary in the business, maybe you're the only one in your workforce who's a Christian, at least one who acknowledges their faith in God. Maybe there'll be some other secret Christians. Maybe they really are saved, but they're just too embarrassed or too afraid to let it be known. 
But God sets solitaries. That's how he works. And he sets you as a lighthouse. And, you know, that light goes out. That ray goes out. And it touches the lives of many, many people. When I was at my job, the last job I was at before the Lord uh, brought me into full-time ministry, I had many Christians come up to me in private, one-on-one, and tell me, uh, Stephen, your walk has really encouraged me. Now, when I say walk, I'm not talking about walking down the aisle. I'm, I'm talking about my Christian life, the way I live my life. They would come up to me and say, your life is really uh, the way you, you know, you, you have that balance of being a Christian, but not being a Bible thumper. You, you, you live it without so really, in a sense, talking about it. And because you do that, it makes people want to talk about it. And some of the people that came up and would share things like that with me, I didn't even know they were born again. I had no clue they were even saved. But yet, my life was witnessing to them as a solitary, the only person, in, in a sense, in that entire uh, arena of work, of career. But I tell you, the Lord is working through you as a lighthouse in many ways. Praise God. You're a leader, whether you think so or not. Well, Pastor Stephen, um, I, I don't lead anybody. All I've got is two children and a dog. Well, to those two children, you're the leader. And to the dog, you know the dog looks at you as the leader because if you don't dish out some food, <laughs> he's not going to really be doing too good. So trust me, you are a leader. And God is increasing the influence of your leadership anointing greatly. Hallelujah. Now, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. Now, God is bringing you into prosperity. Oh, Pastor Stephen, my bills are paid, and I've got, I got a little money in the bank. I'm, I'm already there. No, you're not there. You're not anywhere yet where God wants you to be, although we thank Him for all that He's done in your life. God has greater realms of financial prosperity that He's going to bring you into. And what He is going to do for His people in these last days is going to be in the realm of financial miracles. You need to get ready because God's going to work through you. God's going to work through you to be a great blessing to His kingdom cause. Praise the Lord. So that so that when it's time for God to wrap things up, when it's time for the church age, the dispensation of grace to be closed out, and for the full scale of the end time scenario to unfold, I tell you what, you will have done all that God wants you to do. When that catching up of the church does take place, which in some ways we can't be exactly sure when that is. I've heard the best theologians on both sides kind of argue. Some say it'll happen before the tribulation. Others say halfway through the tribulations. And others say, well, you know, somewhere when the wrath is being poured out, before it gets really bad, we'll be taken out. I, I just know this. We as the church absolutely are not appointed unto wrath. There is no wrath that God ever has for His people. It's for the wicked. That, those are the ones that the wrath is going to get poured out on. Hallelujah. We're going to be protected. We will be caught up. But before that moment comes, the catching up, you are going to do all that God has called you to do, and you've got to stay on task. You've got to stay on task. It's going to take your faith. It's going to take your energy. And you're going to get it done. It's a unique assignment that you have. Praise the Lord. And it is big. 
It is big, but God's going to help you get it done. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And He is going to bring you into prosperity. Some of you are bound with debt, and to you it seems like a mountain. Maybe in a sense it is. But this is what I would say to you. Don't miss the greater picture because you're looking at this small situation. God in one night can blow all of your debt out of the water. God can cause you to get blessed in such a sense where something happens and the next day you just sit down and you just write the checks out and just pay off all the debts because the money, a blessing, a miracle, a financial miracle has happened and you are in that place and now you are up and running full speed in all that God has called you to do. The church must get ready for money miracles. Hallelujah. This is my Good Friday thrust. This is something I really want to get into your spirit. The church, that's you, the body of Christ, and members, that's you, of the body of Christ. You must get ready for money miracles because the money working uh, miracle angels, they're, they're just, they're in formation. They are, they are ready to fly in and do money miracles for God's people. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Get ready for this. Those who are bound, God is bringing into prosperity. And those of you that are already in a place where you're in good standing financially, God's going to take you, if you'll let Him, and you'll use your faith, He's going to take you into, into the arena of being financial heavyweights for Him. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Say yes. Say, I receive. Hallelujah. You've got a lot to do. You've got a lot to do, but I believe before it's all done, you'll be able to say, just like Jesus, it is finished. Some people shout. Some people shout today in the church. And I, I think it's, I understand. I understand their angle that they say, I'm ready. Let's leave. I'm, I'm ready. Lord Jesus, get me out of here. Uh, you're ready to go home to be with the Lord. But there's a part of me, and I believe there's a part of you that, of course, we understand that if the Lord took us out today, hallelujah, we're we're going to be with the Lord, praise God. But there's another part that says, in your heart, and I know you identify with me, there's another part that says, I haven't accomplished yet what God has called me to do. Now, I've gotten some done, and it's been good, but there's still some other things, even yet primary things that have not yet been fulfilled, and I don't want to leave. Do you hear what I'm saying today? I don't want to leave until the task is completely accomplished. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say, Jesus, keep me around until everything that I'm supposed to do is fulfilled by your mercy and grace. Mm -mm. And in order to move along that path every Friday, at three o'clock, it may help you a little bit as you step into this. Set your set your alarm on your watch or on your phone every Friday at three. Stop just for a moment. If you have enough, if you have more than a moment, you have a few minutes. That's wonderful. That's even better. And just stop and say, Jesus, three o'clock. This is when you died for me, Jesus. I celebrate you on every Friday at every three o'clock. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Lord, work through my life, work through my life to be a witness for you. Lord Jesus, let the lost be saved. Jesus, get the worst of them. Jesus, get them, save them, Lord Jesus. Let your mercy reach their hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. And Jesus, make me a finisher like you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now let your mercy flow. Hallelujah. And the strength, the wisdom, the anointing will be there as you need it. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Please lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your people that would have been in places financially where they would say, yes, Lord, I, this is not where I'm supposed to be. There's even elements of bondage. But Lord Jesus, deliver me. Jesus, I thank you that today you are turning their captivity and you are bringing them into freedom. And you're not just bringing them to freedom where maybe they're just out of debt and that's it. No, you're bringing them into great prosperity. You're bringing them out of debt, yes, but that's only the beginning. You're bringing them into great prosperity. So I would pray right now, oh God, that your people would not just be focused on a, on a little situation like a gnat where they think, the gnats the problem they think oh my, my, my little debts are the problem but Lord let them see the big picture you have great prosperity for them and I thank you oh God as they look unto you and the fullness of your plan you'll erase you'll remove so easily the little gnat the little fly of debt which in your eyes is no problem at all. Thank you, Lord, for your resurrection power being released today. Thank you, Father God, for the anointing to be finishers. Let it be released today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Some of you are thinking, this is exactly what you're thinking. Pastor Stephen, you're thinking this right now. Uh, it would really take a miracle for me to finish everything God has called me to do. Well, yes, hallelujah. Welcome to Fresh Revelation 101. Praise the Lord. If you can do it in your own strength, you don't need God. You need a miracle. So you've got to get out of this mode of just like thinking like normal, where I'm just going to let. No, God doesn't want you to just be like normal, just kind of floating through. God wants you in a place of tremendous blessing. Tremendous blessing, because that's the position you're going to have to be in to do what He's called you to do. Hallelujah. That's why. That's why you need that strength. Every Friday, set your uh, smartphone, set your watch. Every Friday, stop just for a moment, 3 o'clock, say Jesus, and go into a little prayer. Holy Spirit will help you word it the way it's best worded as it would best come out of you. He doesn't want you to be a robot. He wants you to pray it from your heart, okay? Praise the Lord. And you'll find yourself moving forward, 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 fast expedite it express on this path of destiny fulfillment hallelujah amen praise god now we're going to take communion in just a moment let me let me remind you that we are believing god to finish the fence project around the entire ministry property i have asked each one of you to sow your best seed an offering into this project. The Holy Spirit spoke to me while in prayer just a little while back and said, finish the fence. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. And we want to get our seeds in on or by Passover Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, of course, which is uh, just in two days. So if you, have, if you have not yet done so, please sow your best resurrection Passover seed. You may want to call it the fence seed. And I believe that as you're sowing your seed, I believe that the Lord Jesus is going to touch your seed. And that as you sow it in faith, the moment it releases from your hand, whether it's through the mail or through the internet, the moment you sow it, that the Lord wants you to expect a mighty harvest to come back into your life, what we would call the 100-fold harvest, which in the eyes of God means God's highest rate of return possible on that seed that you sowed, coming back in a beautiful, bountiful harvest. Praise God. So you need to sow in faith, and you need the moment you sow it, be expecting a harvest. 
being expecting a harvest because there are harvesting angels right now that are going to bring it into your life they're going to bring it into your life praise God every day be thanking God for it be praising God for it and that we're believing you sowed the seed also a fence of protection a fence of protection a hedge of protection would be all around your life the enemy cannot get through steal rob or take anything from you he's not able to there's a blood covenant all around your life all around everything that's under your authority everything you own all of your property all of your stuff hallelujah praise God thank you for sowing your best seed you can mail that in to Stephen Brooks International PO Box 717 Moravian Falls North Carolina 28654 or you can go online stephenbrooks.org click the link on the home page where it says ties and offering sow and reap and just make a little notation that this is an offering this is the Passover offering the resurrection offering for the fence Woo! praise God thank you for your giving and we are praying over every offering individually that is received praying over it for the hundredfold return to come into your life praise God praise God forever let's get our communion ready if you're watching today's program you don't know Jesus as your Savior I would like you to know that he died for you he died for your sins so that you by foot putting your faith and trust in him can receive forgiveness of sins see Jesus died so that the lost can be saved Jesus died so that the dirty can be clean. Jesus died so that the unrighteous can be made righteous. Jesus died so that the sick can be healed. Jesus died so that the poor can be rich. It's really a divine exchange. All the garbage he took, all of his goodness we received. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, but you would like to, He's waiting to receive you right now. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you died on Friday, right around three o'clock in the afternoon. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. So, Jesus, thank you for doing that for me. I accept what you did for me. Jesus, come into my heart right now, wash my sins away, give me your new life. I give my heart to you, write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me now. I receive you. Amen and amen. And you now belong to him. He has taken your sin, your guilt, your shame away. He has made provision for you. Let's take Holy Communion together I'm using a little piece of unleavened bread a cracker will do just fine and I'm drinking this is grape juice but we're going to pray over it and God's going to bless it this will be the body and the blood of Christ it will still be visually in the form of bread and juice but it will be the body and the blood let's pray in faith Heavenly Father thank you for the bread the juice we consecrate it this is now set apart as holy this is now the body and the blood of our Savior. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the body of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for going to Calvary for us today, 2,000 years ago, laying your life down. And you're still receiving fruit from that, which is us. And there's still a greater harvest yet to receive of souls. Jesus, thank you. 
Help us to be finishers just like you. Let us never abandon a project or an assignment that you give us. Lord Jesus, any assignment that would not be from you, that we're endeavoring to push through in human strength, but it's not from you and it's not your will, let us drop it like a hot potato right now. Jesus, thank you for your grace to finish all that you've called us to do. And Jesus, thank you for miracles to help us get it done in your name. Amen. Let's receive. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. Praise the Lord. No more bondage for you of any form. No more depression. No more sickness. No more financial bondage. Jesus wants to bring you out of lack, penury, poverty, insufficiency, all of that stuff. Jesus didn't know insufficiency. If there was something that was short, he dealt with it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, there's not enough food to feed the people. Well, God's got a solution for that multiplication, miracle working, anointing. And then he turns around and feeds 5,000 men, not including the women and the children. Probably fed in total about 20,000 people. He's able to turn lack into abundance. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's able to help you financially. He's able to deliver you, and he's able to take you into prosperity for his glory, for his purpose. Thank you, O God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. As we receive it, Father, we thank you that Jesus died for us Friday at 3 o'clock today. We thank you, Jesus, for that. Let us always worship you. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, we give you praise. We receive the blood of Jesus now with great thanksgiving. Jesus, in your name, amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Right where you're at, just worship the Lord for a moment. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making us finishers. Lord, sometimes we may feel discouraged. Maybe there's been times we even wanted to quit. Lord, may that stuff just totally leave us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for an ability to run and to be steady and to stay focused. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for mercy flowing right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah to your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I believe before your time is up, whenever that is, however that end comes, I believe before that happens, you will be able to say, it is finished. It's all accomplished. It's all done. Doesn't matter if we go home now. Woohoo! It is done. Amen. May that be your testimony. I believe it will. Thanks for joining me today on Good Friday. I look forward to seeing you again on Resurrection Sunday morning. Till then, be blessed. Bye bye.